Superheroes come in all shapes and sizes. There are paragons of hope and integrity, like Captain America, Wonder Woman, and Superman. There are anti-heroes, those who run the line between villain and hero. They are often at odds with the paragons, as their extreme measures often seem inappropriate. We're talking about folks like Deadpool, Batman, Catwoman, the Hulk, Wolverine. Then there are the jokesters. Those are the heroes who are known for being laid back, sarcastic. They're a little more casual in their approach to superhero living. Think Iron Man, Ant-Man, Star-Lord, even Spider-Man on occasion. There are also lots of real-life superheroes. Stories are our lives and language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with and making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. There are also lots of real-life superheroes that aren't wearing tights and capes and being followed by a theme song. Emma Coburn, the steeplechase runner, the epitome of hard work and dedication to her event. Mother Teresa, a life given solely to lift and comfort others. Abraham Lincoln, a life dedicated to living by his conscience, sacrificing his days and nights to find the path and serve the greater good. There are hundreds, even thousands of these heroes. And then there are also the everyday heroes, the ones that deal with real world problems, the ones that show up and provide for others in their hour of need. These are the people who hold the door when someone is overloaded with something they're carrying, who try to help and comfort the crying baby on the plane or extend empathy rather than dirty looks to the parents. These are the folks banding together in the fire parched West helping those who lost their homes clean up and rebuild, and the hurricane-ravaged cities of the South, the emergency workers who rushed into the buildings on 9-11, and the person who takes their neighbor dinner because they aren't feeling well, or they just had a baby, or heck, maybe just because someone had a bad day. There are millions of these kinds of heroes, and maybe you're one of them. Maybe you're all of them. Or maybe you just know it's about time you stepped up and your theme song started playing. So, here I sit in my favorite pair of ripped jeans and my t-shirt. I've got my Teva flip-flops on with a thick, foamy sole to keep my feet comfy. And I'm wondering, what makes some people live big, bold lives? And when they are faced with adversity, they are bold and daring. What makes those superheroes, like Oprah, who overcame severe sexual abuse as a child and a life of poverty, what made her step out of victimhood and become one of the most influential and abundant women in the world? Or Lou Holtz, the football coach at Notre Dame, who not only coached football, but taught his players life lessons. Or Elizabeth Smart, the 14-year-old young woman who was kidnapped out of her bedroom and held for nine months. While being held hostage, she was repeatedly raped. Admirers of her are often impressed with her openness about what happened and her recovery, impressed with her kindness, forgiveness, and her strong sense of self. Or Baruch Spinoza, who is one of the most deeply influential minds of the modern era. 
His ideas on freedom of speech predate and inspired the First Amendment, and his writing are fundamental for Einstein's work on relativity. I can tell you right now, it's not that these people weren't afraid at times. It's not that these people haven't been victims of tragedy, loss, hard work, or abuse. In fact, they all have to different degrees. It's not that these heroes all have special powers imparted by a radioactive insect bite, a magic ring, or a golden lasso. The power comes from the stories they believe about themselves and the stories they create about others and the world around them. Think about it. Even Wonder Woman only dared leave her beloved island home because she had been taught a story that she and the Amazons were meant to defend and fight for good. They were to defeat the god of war. The story they created about themselves focused on their strengths, their purpose, and their ability to fulfill it. Superman. He couldn't fully grasp his powers and be who he was meant to be until he understood the story of where he had come from and what he could do and chose to create a story of service and sacrifice, not one of victimhood at losing his parents or irritation at the weak and stupid humans. The stories we are taught about who we are and what we perpetuate about ourselves determine who we become and how we live. Let's look at some specific examples. These are just scenarios, not necessarily real examples. Chloe was about six years old when her uncle, who drank too much on the annual summer family camping trip, cornered her while she was trying to read a book and told her their family weren't readers. Don't be thinking you're going to get smart, he said. That just don't happen around here. You're dumb like the rest of us. Face it. Chloe scowled at him and looked down at her book. But she did have trouble sounding out some of these words, and maybe he was right. Later, when she'd get her papers back in school and they would have a correction on them, a red mark, well, this just seemed proof that her uncle was right. The story in Chloe's mind started with a drunken comment, but over the years she accumulated proof that it must be true, and before long the story was considered fact in her mind. The reality, on the other hand, was that Chloe had an excellent IQ, had every capability for learning and education, but the story that was started by a foolish and inaccurate comment was further created by her and became a roadblock to who she was, how she interacted in school, and subsequently how she felt about herself. This one story affected what she felt she could do with her life. Her choice not to go to college, thus affecting her career, or lack of one, It affected her ability to support herself as an adult and fostered an inaccurate self-perception which led to negative self-worth assumptions. Let's look at another one. Lisa looked in the mirror. She was 35 and she had no romantic interests. She hadn't been on a date in the past eight months and she scrutinized her body. What was wrong with her? Why wouldn't anyone ask her out? It had to be. I don't know, that extra 25 pounds she carried around. She grabbed at her love handles and pinched at her fat. Ugh, I'm ugly, she thought. It was a quick thought that flashed in her mind every time she looked in the mirror, every time she noticed the extra weight that made her a little bigger than the ideal skinny mini body that men seem to require these days in order to deem you worthy of their time. They're all pigs, she thought. Nothing but sex matters and who I am and what I have to offer doesn't even get considered. 
she finished getting dressed with all these thoughts running through her mind, and headed out the door. But renditions of this same story played out at least once on most days, when she got ready to go out with friends, twice when she got ready for work in the morning, and any other time that she had to go past the mirror. In reality, Lisa was a beautiful woman, but with the help of a cultural body expectation, she had built a story about herself and about men that made her angry. Her story didn't help her want to connect and reach out because she didn't want anyone to notice the extra weight. She didn't want to act beautiful and look the fool when she knew she wasn't. Her story, that she wasn't beautiful, affected how she interacted with everyone. She played smaller than she was. She held back when she could have embraced her own beauty and let her light shine all over everyone. Her story about men being pigs was easy to find proof for, but it kept her from being able to see the men who had more depth and character because, well, first and foremost, she didn't trust them. Her stories created a reality that held her back with self-consciousness and mistrust. When Jared was growing up, his mother yelled a lot. She had five kids and it was a lot to handle. But to his sensitive little soul, her yelling created a little hole where his worth was questioned on a daily basis. He always seemed to be doing something wrong. And when he did something wrong, or sometimes even didn't, he still seemed to merit being castigated by an angry person. That just didn't feel right to him. What was wrong with him? This was just the start. When junior high came around and he couldn't find any friends to hang out with on a regular basis, he wandered the school halls at lunch feeling stupid, lonely, and like everyone was watching him and noticing that he didn't have any friends. He eventually found some kids he enjoyed, but those moments when he wasn't feeling socially accepted poured a little more water into that hole of diminishing self-worth. He tried out for the track team, and unfortunately, he didn't make it. That was proof he was a loser, he was sure of it. And on it goes. But the truth is that Jared's upbringing and the way he was treated was about his mother's ability to deal with her children, not about whether he was worthwhile as a human being. In addition, what he may not have realized as a young teenager was that everyone has moments when they feel socially alone. And the story can be reframed now with more insight as he realizes that without trying out for things, we can't create the possibility for involvement. The real heroes are in the arena, trying out, falling down, sometimes a lot, and then getting back up. Because that's what heroes do. Not making the team doesn't mean you're not awesome. In fact, just trying out means you are strong, daring, and making shit happen. You are creating possibility. So does Jared create the story deep in his heart that he's a loser and clearly not worth much since no one seems to see a lot of value in him? Or... Does he understand his worth is not equated with the way others treated him? That's their issue. Does he see himself as a loser for not making the team, or does he create the story that serves him much better and is much more in line with reality, that he's fantastic and brave for getting in the arena and creating possibility in his life? Sometimes those stories that are built when we're young build a deep trench that goes with us all the way through maturity, all the way through adulthood, and it's something we need to look at closely because we can look at them now with different eyes and debunk them, find out where they're lies, find out where they are untrue, and get rid of them. We, human beings, all human beings, are story creators. 
The most powerful stories we will ever create are those we create about ourselves and repeat to ourselves. The reason these stories are so powerful is because they literally create our reality and what we come to perceive as fact about who we are, what we are capable of, and thus how we then interact with the world. These stories stop us every day from being who we came to this earth to be, or they propel us forward with hope and belief in ourselves. It just depends on the story that we craft in our heads, the story that we repeat. Stories can be powerfully liberating or staggeringly limiting. Any story that any of us have in our mind about being unworthy, a fraud, stupid, too short, too tall, too strong, too weak, too ugly, take your pick, everyone has a handful, these are what stop us from living a life of joy, a full realization of our potential, of loving ourselves and walking out in the world with a lilt in our step. Those are the little one-liners that create a cage around our hearts and minds. These are the stories that change the world and not for the better. They're the kryptonite that strips our power. Think about it. If I stand in front of the mirror in the morning and that voice in my head starts railing on about how I'm too tall or too short or my ears are crooked or that muffin top is squeezing over the top of my pants, dang it! I don't head out into the world wanting to be seen. I don't head out full of vim and vigor. I'm starting out cloaked in self-doubt. I've beaten myself up, even if it's sort of undercover, like I, it's just that passing thought in my head. I've beaten myself up before I even got out the door. And chances are I'm more likely to play small, not want to be seen, standing back. When we're all caught up in what we think is wrong with us, we're focused on us. We've created a story that's already holding us back. In fact, you know, some of the most beautiful people I know believe they aren't enough. And frankly, sometimes it's tedious. Who likes to sit and listen to the fashion model prattle on about how she's certain she's too fat? Or the woman with the perfect curves destroy relationships one after another because she's so insecure she's certain her beau of the moment thinks she looks fat in those jeans and so she spends a great deal of time discussing the topic in an attempt to get validation. What about the perfectly hip teen who spends 20 minutes in front of the mirror trying to decide if he's okay because one nostril might be bigger than the other or one ear is higher than the other? The guy in the office that half the girls in the office would love to go out with, but he spent a great deal of time listening to that story in his head about how he's not quite good enough and nobody could love him. He's not really worthy for something better. These stories, and we all have them, so don't pretend that you don't, are often unconscious, habitual. They feel like the absolute truth, and they function as prisons, limiting our possibility and potential, predicting failure before you even start, expecting the worst and thereby creating it. Repeating self-deprecating comments forms our self-perception and thus causes shrinking in your interaction with others in life. Our lives are self-fulfilling prophecies that we create for ourselves just by the stories we create. Now, let's not be all negative. On the other side of the coin, we always have the option to stop the negative and limiting stories that come so quickly and easily to mind. We swap them out for stories that help us feel brave and beautiful and celebrate our uniqueness. Sometimes they may sound a lot like a daily affirmation. But while those were so playfully mocked on Saturday Night Live in the 90s, do you remember that skit with Stuart Smalley? I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, 
and doggone it, people like me. Funny skip, but the replacement of those one-line quips that dig at us, we need to replace those with these one-line affirmations that focus on our badass superpowers. You know, make up the lines that that we need. Say the things that we really are. I'm gorgeous. I'm kicking butt today. I'm worthy of love and awesome abundance. I'm attracting good people and kindness. Whatever you want to be, whatever you want to have happen, whatever you want to reprogram those neural pathways with, that gets to be your go-to stories. Now, granted, you need to repeat them over and over. It's work because every time those negatives come up, you replace them with these positives that you've created. But once you do it often enough, it becomes a habit. Those neural pathways get reprogrammed. Write a bunch of these down and keep them by your bed. Practice a couple that you go to every time the negative reel starts habitually poking in its destructive kryptonite-filled head. It's time to start reframing the broken and negative stories and start creating empowering kick-butt stories that start that self-fulfilling prophecy of living big, bold, and beautiful. Because we are all superheroes of all different shapes, sizes, and types. I'm Annette and I'm 63 and I teach yoga, Pilates and water aerobics every week and I'm off soda and I'm a Beachbody coach and that's what makes me a superhero. My name's Ethan and I just got my first request for payment on one of my social media videos so I'm kind of feeling like a superhero. My name is Denise Smoot and I have raised seven children to adulthood. That makes me a superhero. My name is Robert Lawson and I come here every week to do my mother-in-law's yard. I mow and whatever she needs because she's an invalid and um, I enjoy doing these things for her and that makes me a superhero. Hi, my name's Angie Flint. I found out I was pregnant at 40 years old with my third child. I have a 17-year gap between my second and third child. Let me tell you how difficult that time was in my life, being a working mom, not having to worry about daycare and all that stuff that goes with it, being that my older, my oldest was 25 and 17. So it was very challenging, very hard to get back into it again, and that's what makes me a hero. Hi, I'm Kirk Walton. And by day, I sit in front of a computer and am a licensed escrow assistant at U.S. Title. But on the weekends, I switch into my leathers and helmet and get on a motorcycle, a Kawasaki Ninja, and go 140 miles an hour down the drag strip on the quarter mile. And that makes me a superhero badass. Now. I know it's a lot of responsibility to take over one's life story. I spent a lot of time bucking this idea at first because I felt like my victim stories were justified and my stories about myself and the limiting beliefs I placed on others and myself, frankly, were fact. After all, they had come from real life experience. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, especially when they are stories that you've held for a long time. And you should know this. I'm all about keeping it real. 
That's one of my, quote, weaknesses that others sometimes get offended by. I'm not super good at saying what people want me to say or sugarcoating things. So when it came time for me to work on my stories, I sure as heck wasn't going to lie to myself about the reality of things. I don't lie to other people. I'm not going to be building up nice little fluffy cloud stories to make myself feel all better. It simply wouldn't work. I wouldn't be able to do it anyway. Of course, I'd see right through it. It wouldn't hold water and it would just mean nothing to me, right? Well, once I committed to the work and I started listening to my coaches, I noticed that the people I needed showed up. The concepts and opportunities I needed to clear away false concepts made their way into my life. And I started to see through my limiting belief stories. It's been a crazy ride that I see clearly only in hindsight. But the work is so important. I've gone from unawareness and blissfully thinking my perceptions were fact to resistance and the ever important stand to hold to the same thing I was certain must be true to careful consideration and opening to possibility to listening and letting a little bit of hope creep in around the edges, to working with faith that bigger things were possible, to, holy cow, this is huge, to wanting to jump up and down and help everybody see how much control and responsibility they have for the stories they create in their life. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is one of the most loved and inspirational books on the self-help, get some insight circuit. And as this psychologist that survived the German concentration camps verifies, there's always one thing that we control, one thing that no one can take away from us. They can kill your family, shave your head, pull the fillings out of your teeth, strip you naked and march you in front of your peers, deprive you of food, water, and medical care, threaten to kill you, beat you every day. But they cannot control the stories and perspectives that you choose to create in your mind. You can always choose how you will perceive and interact with even the most horrifying situation. Why is understanding the power of your personal stories and doing work on your own stories so important? Well, because your life depends on it. The trajectory of your life and thus the ripple effects you create in the world and with the people around you, are a direct result of your stories. Drop the mic. That's it. That's the whole beautiful and serious reason your stories super duper double looper matter. If you think you can, you can. And you watch yourself become the superhero you are by nature. If you think you can't, well, then you're right there also. I know the stories of self-doubt we have about ourselves feel like fact. I've been there. It took me, and I still work on it daily, some real hands-on experiences of getting over the imposter syndrome and accepting that my voice and knowledge about story was something that could help people. It took me working with coaches and meeting people who proved my long-held and hard-worked-for story that all men are basically creeps to help me see that there are many good, worthy, and lovely men on the planet. It has taken me continued work to accept myself in whole, weaknesses as well as strengths, and to reevaluate what others called weaknesses about me, and determine my own interpretation and acceptance of those parts of myself, and instead focus on the beauty those quote weaknesses 
brought into my life. It's all a matter of perspective, but it's a perspective that, number one, matters more than anything else because it determines our realities. Number two, it changes our entire worlds in ways we will never fully know or be able to grasp. Because once we start creating the kick-ass I'm a rock star stories, the whole world changes and what we're able to do changes and who we're able to touch, it all changes. And number three, I'm dangling the key to your happiness right in front of your nose. And that seems pretty darn important. Let me share a couple experiences that helped me change my stories. When I was working on my men issues, as my friends called it, I ended up in a workshop being partnered with a man who was all the things I forgot were possible. He was married. He was true to his wife. He was a great dad. He led a successful business and cared about his employees. He was fun and kind and involved in making his community better. He didn't have any addictions to porn or alcohol or drugs. He was all the things I needed to see in a real man in order to believe they existed. It was like going to a workshop to get over my disbelief of unicorns, only to find that my partner was a unicorn. It was pretty cool. And in this case, I needed to have some proof to change my story, because like I said, I was a tough case. It was exactly what I needed to be able to reevaluate the negative and absolute story about men and my experiences with them. Even when we are certain and our life experiences has proven us to be right, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are right. We have to be willing to consider that what we think is fact may not be fact. When I started the Love Your Story podcast, I wondered if anyone would care about what I had to say. I wondered if people would listen, if my peers would think I was arrogant for trying to share it. But I noticed as I moved ahead in my work, despite those stories that are the real powerhouse stories for stopping us from trying new, hard things, this story that lots of entrepreneurs, podcasters, bloggers, people who are trying to make a difference had this same imposter syndrome, it's called. I wasn't the only one with this popular story of self-doubt. It was a favorite worldwide. I was not alone in my stories of doubt. And while that just verified how much story work we can all stand to do, it felt less real knowing that it was just a template of doubt that people had everywhere. It popped up all over the world. Before I started all this, before I even knew what a podcast was, I had a dream one night. It was one of those dreams that was weird, but not the type of weird where you know your mind just processed 20 odd years of bizarro in one messed up story. No, it was the type of dream where I understood what it meant, even though it was crafted in an alternate universe. So while this may be hard to explain and a little embarrassing, bear with me, here's how it played out. So I was Britney Spears. Okay, I wasn't really Britney. I seriously don't care for her work. I never have. And I was me, but I also knew that I was her. I was at a concert and the crowd was massive. The lights from the phones were waving and the crowd was poised and the energy was pumping. They were waiting for the show to start. But I didn't know the words to the songs, so I wouldn't go on stage. I kept feeling like I should probably go learn the words to my songs, but I kept needing to do the laundry and straighten this or that. And I wandered around through the back alleys of the concert venue 
and watch the kids start getting in fights and start doing drugs and start doing things that if I had been on stage performing, they wouldn't have been doing. I never did get on stage because there were too many mundane things to do like walking the halls, chewing gum, actively procrastinating, washing dishes, and other super big important things. Though I knew the whole time that I should learn the words to my songs, I just couldn't get around to it. And finally, after much mayhem had resulted due to my inability to perform, someone else went on stage instead. I wrote the dream down when I woke up and then subsequently forgot about it. But every once in a while, I remember it when I feel like I can't find the words to write. When I'm afraid to sit down at the computer and start unburying an idea, I think about which stories I'm going to let take control. Is it the one about fear that I'm wasting my time, or the one built on faith that somewhere and sometime the words are going to get to their audience? One thing I've learned for certain is that at least for me, most of the path I walk is one step into the darkness and then another step into the darkness. I am working on building stories of belief and vision, not fear and doubt. So here's the story. We all want happiness. While it would be nice to live in a utopia where it simply flowed to us at all times and we lived happily in a state of natural bliss, it turns out that life on this planet isn't that way. Not for anyone. Even the people who look like they have it all don't. I know, most of us know this. Life is about challenge, about loss, about insecurities, about sickness. It's simply about opposites. Joy and sadness, sickness and health, love and apathy, anger and moments of laughing until you pee your pants. It's about betrayal and deep sorrow and also moments of dear friendship and deep joy. Moments of awe and peace and moments of, how could you possibly steal my business, take all my clients? Leave my family and I without income and ride off yelling, it was just a business decision. We all get a mixed bag. Martha Beck, renowned life coach, has her own way of putting it. Quote, no part of your experience is wasted. Everything you've experienced so far is part of what you were meant to learn. Unquote. And now you get to choose how you create the stories that form your perception of the world. Like any call to action in an adventure story, the call must be heeded for the story to move forward. And of course, it's not going to be easy. If it were, there would be a lot more happy people around, a lot more heroes riding off into the sunset. But the good news is that if you put in the work, it becomes easier and easier to create your stories on your terms. It's just a muscle you work out, a neural pathway you recreate on purpose. The key to your happiness is, brrr, drum roll, the stories you create. With those stories, you either pull on those superhero tights and cape every time you pull on those jeans and your favorite t-shirt, or you let the stories of lack, fear, and not enough keep you living well below your call as a superhero, well below your happiness possibility.
Here are five things to consider on your way to creating stories that help your badass superhero self come out to play. Number one, awareness. You must first accept that our stories are fluid creations influenced by others, like Jared's mom, or Chloe's uncle, or Lisa's culture. They're not fact, they're just stories that have found a pretty deep root. Number two, start listening to the stories in your own head from an awareness standpoint as they come up. You will know them because they are the voice in your head otherwise known as you. Number three, start considering other perspectives and options to your long-held stories that are seen as fact. Maybe you're not really unworthy or too old or invisible or going nowhere or stuck. Start looking for reasons why that story is a lie. And it is if the story makes you feel diminished. Because your authentic superhero self is glorious. You came that way. All the labels and comments from other broken folks walking the planet in no way actually speak to your worth. All the broken stories in your head don't change that your authentic self is a badass superhero buried under a pile of limiting beliefs. You have a story only you can write. You are a hero that only you can be. You have a combination of gifts, talents, personality, and mojo that only you possess. And so you have to run your race. And that's going to look unique and glorious if you let it. Chloe can change her story by accepting that wherever it started, and she may not even remember that interaction with her uncle anymore. It's a belief that does not serve her, and instead she can consider other options. What if she starts to replace those tired old stories of being stupid with being capable and smart? She can change and rewrite the story every time it comes up. She can look for the times and places where she performs well and makes intelligent choices, focusing on when she gets it right, not when she gets it wrong. As she considers all her options, she can consider which story and approach will serve her best. To focus on when she gets it right and to consciously reinforce in her mind a statement like, I'm intelligent and capable, and look at the great choice I just made. Or, will it serve her to continue on with the lazy acceptance of her own ineptitude and inherent stupidity? In reality, you're not just doing the work for your own happiness. You're doing the work because the world needs the bold, beautiful, and vibrant you that believes in you and lives your biggest life. But you also really, really just rip yourself off when you lazily lounge around in your self-deprecating PJs. Number four, because our stories are so well lodged in our realities, sometimes we need help. An effective workshop like my work with Next Level, or a personal coach, or story coaching, are all options that can change the world. Kabam! Really, they can. Number five, work at it every day until your reality changes and your ability to create stories that serve you become your natural go-to. I have my mantras every morning, my gratitude prayers, my moments of actively re-looking at the story I'm creating about my friend who let me down, when I'm always there for her, or checking my stories when I feel rejected or hurt. I'm evaluating the story that I'm naturally creating about the event, or I'm thinking about other ways of seeing it 
of giving others the benefit of the doubt, which is sometimes just huge for not getting all caught up in a really negative story. I'm looking at perspective shifts. And then with all of that, I'm deciding which story I want to live with, which one will help me be happier to create better relationships, which one will allow me to be who I want to be. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this next point, but I want to point out also that we have control over the stories that we create about others in our lives as well. We've all taken an interaction with someone that didn't go smoothly and built a story later as we were thinking about it about how they must not like us or respect us or appreciate our work. Sometimes we even get into big conversations in our head and build up emotion and angst over something that hasn't even happened yet. Those stories get to be shut down before they start, and giving people the benefit of the doubt gets to be the go-to to retain our sanity and our relationships. We also create stories about the events around us. Is this a crappy waste of time because the soccer game was a 0-0 to tie? Or was it a great game where you got to watch skilled players in synchronicity with their bodies, skill, and their favorite game, and you got to spend time with whomever you went with? There are lots of ways to frame every situation. Was the time spent babysitting your infant daughter when you would have preferred to be out with the guys? A mundane, domestic bore? Or was it an investment in one of the most important people in your life? Yeah, there are lots of stories that we control. Martha Beck, she said, quote, Your relationship is not supposed to be perfect all the time. Your business is not supposed to do well all the time. Your souffles are not supposed to raise perfectly all the time. Everything is designed to go wrong so that you can gain the skills of rediscovering your tracks, even in difficult or frightening circumstances, especially in difficult and frightening circumstances. Unquote. Learning how to craft stories that focus on your superhero self is that skill. The skill that can bring you back over and over to who you really are and all you were meant to be, even when things aren't going perfect. No, especially when things aren't going perfect. To sum all this up, there's a simple equation and it gets straight to the point. Here you go. The stories you believe about yourself equals where you will go slash what you will do slash who you will be slash how you will interact with others. It could also look like this. Limiting beliefs equal limiting potential. Or it could look like this. Negative self-created stories equal mental prison bars. Or better yet. I am an unstoppable badass superhero equals I am an unstoppable badass superhero. Pretty simple, right? It's not a new idea that what we think about, we create. Think The Secret or Wayne Dyer or Napoleon Hill, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, and a host of other more recent empowerment preachers on the current market. But here I am bringing it to you in a concept that we are all good at a genre we all understand, enjoy, and get. We are looking at our lives as the stories that they are and at ourselves as the ones who write the script of that story every day by choosing our perspectives and actively crossing out and rewriting the negative belief stories 
so we can claim our amazing potential to be the superheroes in jeans and t-shirts and maybe even foam-soled Tiva flip-flops as we save the world. Our world. And by association, the world on a larger level. We hold the pen within our own minds. And we have the opportunity of writing ourselves in as fabulous heroes and heroines in the tale of our own choosing. What could be more fun? Lisa Rankin said, quote, Each of us is a constantly unfolding narrative, a hero in a novel no one else can write. Unquote. Remember, superheroes come in all shapes and sizes. And yes, that means you. Knowing your story is important and needs focus is one thing. Doing the work because you know, you can feel that you are living beneath your potential or you want to be happier or you simply want to break out of the lies that are holding you back, well, that's a journey I hope you embark on. The Love Your Story podcast is here to help. Every Wednesday, a new episode launches with new story ideas and tools. We're all about empowerment. I interview therapists, life coaches, people with big life adventures, and others who understand how to control and direct their stories so you can hear their stories, learn from their paths. I discuss story tools and throw out ideas for you to consider as you write your daily life story. I'm available for story coaching if you feel like you want some help walking that path. I know I needed it. Thanks to Wes Vanderwater of SUU for his insights on superheroes. To Jeff Olson and Liz Levitt for our hero and archetype conversations.